0: Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Today's episode is sponsored by TriVegan, a meal delivery plan it is 100% heart-healthy, plant-based, made without gluten, oils, or refined sugar. All customers receive eight meals and two sides for only $100 plus $9.99 shipping. They offer an exciting new menu each week that are shipped out on Mondays. Based in New Jersey, TriVegan delivers north to Vermont, south to Maryland, west to Pennsylvania, includes all major cities such as New York and Philly. There's no contractor commitment, and you all, my audience, can save 25% off your first order. Promo code, capital L, capital Y, capital T, capital Y, yoga. That's lit yoga. Website is tryveganmealprep.com. Vince is a friend of mine. He is an amazing human being, and I have this myself. This saves me time and energy, and I get these delicious, delicious homemade meals delivered right to my doorstep. So try vegan yourself. Good movement. And welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns. So together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Wednesday Q&A. You ask questions and I answer. And I got lots of questions for this week. I will get to some of them and then I'll carry some over for next week. This is from Mary Lowe Rim. Should we be running, walking every day? And then she carried on the question to us yogis. Do we need to balance our practice with walking or running? I think the movement in running or walking is great to do in addition to your yoga practice. Is it necessary? Maybe not. It just depends, but I think everybody should be walking every day. I do think walking is Highly beneficial. Do you need to run? No, you don't need to. If you like running, certainly do that. But walking is—you know—we are just made to walk, 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 walk all day. Um, not necessarily fast or vigorously, but we are made to to move like that in walking. Now, walking on certain surfaces probably we're not geared to do. So, walking on cement all day doesn't feel great. You will feel that in your joints most likely. Walking on certain types of shoes will not feel great so I think that um, I try and walk on shoes when I'm walking I walk in the woods as much as I can because I'm fortunate enough to live with 300 500 acres right around me with trails so I like to walk in the woods I often nowadays have been walking in my muck boots uh, because there there are some good muddy puddles in there and I love that and I then I don't feel like I have an excuse either. I just get those on. Uh, those seem to be fine. I don't have any problems with my feet in them. And I, I remember when my husband and I were gorilla trekking in Uganda, all of the guides, they, they all had these boots and they're going up these, I mean, really treacherous hills and paths with these boots on, these rubber boots on without a problem. So it kind of convinced me that... Uh, my little basic trail that wasn't like up a mountain or anything with a lot of vegetation in the way would i should walk with my muck boots on more often or i will walk with a very very um low sole shoe meaning i don't have there's not a lot of cushion in it and that's great for walking around in running same thing i would not have a big sole on the bottom of it and if you like running like i said Choose your surface wisely because that does make a difference on how it feels on your joints. So I feel like probably you're asking if we are practicing yoga to have a more well-rounded movement experience, do we need to walk and run? And I would say I would do it if you have the time, certainly. Um, That's always more movement. is great. It it doesn't have to be vigorous um, and it doesn't have to be long distance or anything. It could be a 15 minute walk in the morning and a 15 minute walk in the evening something like that. It's just move often and keep the body happy through that movement. Speaking of being walking, NJ Kitten asks, bipedal adaptations do not occur until we start walking. Why do you think humans have certain bipedal adaptations encoded in our genes, but other bipedal adaptations do not occur until we start walking? Um, So what she's referring to is You know, when when we come out of the womb, we are not bipedal. We we aren't on two feet. We don't, and the reason why is we don't have the postural muscles developed yet. Um, Babies are just like little kind of slippery fish. You know, they're just very very mushy in terms of there's not a lot of musculature there. So the muscles have to develop. They develop. In the back, in the cervical spine, around the cervical, around the neck, so you can lift your head up. But you know, at first, babies their head is bobbling around, so they haven't developed those. But then they develop them, so they lift the head up, so they can look up because vision is such an important part of our biggest adaptation and survival is really being able to lift our head so we can look around. Then we get up off the belly, so we have to develop the muscles in back along the spine to help. Extend the spine and, and the muscles around the shoulder girdle to help us lift off the belly and ultimately onto our knees in the form of quadruped. These are all the developmental stages I go through in each and every class that I teach um, in the lit yoga format. So, the adaptations that you're talking about, like real probably grasping and things like that that happen in bipedalism, they are developing when you are crawling you have to develop the grasp but ultimately when we get to having two feet on the floor instead of two two feet or two knees and two hands we free up our hands to really become fine-tuned so the fine-tuned stuff doesn't happen until we're bipedal because that's just the the sequence of stuff so for instance a baby, when they first start grabbing things to eat, it is, you know, they're, the solids they're eating, There's it's interesting how all these things kind of develop together. You don't start feeding babies solids right away. And I mean, one reason could be that they haven't developed all these postural muscles to kind of help them sit and um, be more upright so that digestion can happen more properly. Uh, similarly, when they start, Eating, you can—they grab kind of this like it's a very clumsy grab. Versus, you get later on when they've are also developed the capacity to crawl or half kneel and maybe even walk. They can fine tune. They can grab one, you know, Cheerio at a time. That's a fine tune grasp. That happens again with bipedalism because you need your hands are now free to do things that are uh, more fine those are called fine motor skills. So those are the adaptations that really happen once you become on all on in bipedal. I think that's probably what you're referring to. But you have to develop bottom line is you have to the in development we have to develop the postural muscles really well and the postural muscles if you can imagine are all muscles that are very very close to the spine to the pelvis to the shoulder girdle. And then the limbs coming out from that get stronger as well. Next question is from MHS Gemini 37. Why do I get pain in my hip joints while in dolphin? So, if you've taken my classes before, you know that I love dolphin pose for many of the reasons I just was going over in the last question. It's an amazing pose for developing those, prox- those proximal postural muscles. Dolphin, for those of you who aren't sure about it, if you take a down dog, which is an inverted B, On the shape of a tent, you know, hands on the floor, feet on the floor, hips high. And you just lower the forearms to the floor. So you're shortening the lever arm. Your arm is no longer straight, but the elbow is bent. So your forearms are down, which puts more demand on the proximal muscles, on the muscles that are those postural muscles, the shoulder girdle. Now, if you develop pain in your hip joint, most likely it's because of the position of the hip in the joint itself. and that's you know the, when your forearms are down in dolphin, not only are you putting more demand on the shoulder girdle, but you're also putting more demand on the stretch across the back line of the body. So there's it's just a much bigger stretch on that back fascia. When that happens, it can pull your pelvis as well. And so if you're not um, way up on your toes and bending your knees and lifting all the, the kind of the waist up into the low back and making space for the hips, that big pull can uh, make your hips not be in their best alignment because of the position of the pelvis. So what I would say is really come up on your toes, bend your knees, lift up into your back like your front body is trying to lift up into the back to give it a lot of space and support, but you're also giving more um, space into the front right at the hip joint where the where the thigh, the femur comes and meets the pelvis. So try that out. Most likely that's the reason your pelvis is tipped in one way. It's getting pulled on and or you might not be lifting enough in all the front core muscles. Um, Carmelina ask any tips for tight rhomboid muscles. So tight rhomboid muscles are, and first of all, I would not be, uh, they might not be the, the rhomboids might not be the ones that are tight, but it sounds like somebody gave you that idea that they could be tight. So let's just assume that somewhere in that area. So the rhomboids are sometimes known as the Christmas tree muscles because of the way they, they spread out like a Christmas tree from this, from the middle of your spine to your scapula, and they pull the shoulder blades in toward the spine. And that's called shoulder retraction or adduction of the shoulder blades. And if so, if they are feeling tight, quote unquote, what is the reason? Well, a lot of times muscles that feel tight are not actually needing to be stretched, but they're needing to be strengthened. And I'm not saying this is the case with you. I really couldn't say unless I saw your body, saw your muscles in action. But what happens is if you are um, a little extra rounded in that area, so the thoracic spine, so say many people have uh, the shoulders are forward, this um, upper back is a little bit rounded, and the the head is forward in, in a postural deviation that is very, very common. In that case, the rhomboid muscles are being stretched out. And um, or lengthened, really, they're lengthened, and they are trying to, you know, hold the scapula in a neutral position, but they're failing because the scapula have been round, are uh, protracted, you're rounded in the upper back. So in that case, the the achiness you can feel is actually that they've been overly lengthened and need to be stronger to combat the shoulders moving forward. So that can be one reason people will feel the uh, the sense that their rhomboids are tight, or you know, or need to be stretched because they're actually just getting overly um, they're getting overly stretched out, and that can it can make you feel like they're tight, but they're not. They're actually weak. <laughs> so our brain gets confused about what is tight and what is weak. But in general, I think it's always good to think if something is tight, maybe it's actually weak and needs strengthening. So the areas that you feel like that tightness and you need to be stretching, why don't you try strengthening those areas? A lot of the time that is the, that is the right kind of response, um, that will get you. It's, it'll be the anecdote that's feeling of tightness. Uh, the other thing is, okay, so let's assume that maybe they are like really overly squeezed together because your, your chest is pushed forward too much and there, and there feels like there's a lot of tightness in there. And that's going to, again, go back to the importance of posture, finding the triple S, the back of the skull, the back of the scapula, the back of the sacrum, that those three points, when you go up against the wall, they'll give you a lot of information. So if it's hard for you to get your scapula on the wall, you might be overly, you might be, um, you know, pushed out too much in your rib cage, like puffed out in the ribs. So you need to settle the scapula into more neutral position. Find that triple S and see if that's the reason. Finally, if you are feeling like that you have been held in that position, or for some reason, say your work or or just uh, mechanics, you have overly used your rhomboids for some reason, a nice stretch is just a simple cat pose where you're really protracting, which is the opposite of what the rhomboids do. And you just hold that at the stretch. It doesn't need to be anything more aggressive than that. I hope that was helpful. Um, There's a lot of other things to be said about that. I mean, I will say the rhomboids in Share fascial envelopes with the serratus anterior, so rhomboids might be trying to do work in lieu of the serratus, and this because the serratus is not working well uh, or as effectively. And that's another thing that I'll see. So it isn't just one answer, but my gut instinct for most most of the time on things like rhomboids, hip flexors, upper traps, when people tell me they think they're tight and need to be stretched they actually need to be strengthened um, a majority of the time, I find. Okay, one more question. Pregnancy and labor tips. Jay Ragnard asked me, Hmm. well, pregnancy and labor tips, I I think that there's going to be so many tips that many people could offer. And I think a lot of it has to do with everybody's pregnancy is different. So assuming you don't have any kind of precautions pregnancy tips is just move as you usually do for as long as you can and then at a certain point the expanding uterus and baby is going to make it more difficult to do certain things and you respond to that so it's it's simpler i think than we than we make it out to be unless of course you have precautions so i'm always going to say that big asterisk there so for both of my babies i didn't have any precautions except for Jonah, my second. I had a little bit of precaution around 20 weeks, mainly because they were measuring him low. They did one pelvic ultrasound and measured him low and then they kind of freaked out and I think honestly the diagnostic was wrong. They just measured him low. I guess the there was something and so they they told me I needed to like cut down on what I was doing because otherwise my the baby occasionally had 20 weeks. The, uh, you know, uh, opens up and um, the cervix opens up and the baby can drop out. And of course, if somebody tells you that, it's like, what? So I went to, I'm uh, not bed rest, but um, limited motion for about a week or two. And then I went and saw another OB. Be- and that OB was like, that's just not even true. I don't even think that they measured correctly. Everything looks good to me. And he said something interesting. And it was a he. He said, I found that. In my experience, I think it was like 30 or 40 years of being an OB. He said, I, the, the women that have gone on bed rest have had a much harder labor and a much harder recovery, and it wasn't worth it unless they had some, like, you know, the real, real reason for going on to any kind of bed rest or limited activity. And so I, I do think ultimately, unless you have some kind of real medical reason, stay active and keep moving. In your recovery, you're, I think then your labor is going to be way better, way easier. And, and it's not even just the labor, it's the recovery from birth. People, that part of it, I think, is left out. Like, yeah, you want the labor and delivery to be great, of course, because that's good for you and safety of the baby. But for you personally, being in shape going into it is going to be so much better for the recovery, for sure. I have a friend. Ariel, shout out to Ariel, if you're hearing this, who just had a baby. She was so active during it. She's a vegan mama. And I mean, like, boom, she had a great birthing experience. I think it was, I'm sure, challenging. I haven't heard all the details. But, you know, one week later, she's like, boom, she looks amazing. She feels amazing. And I think a lot of it has to do with all the before the baby was born. Um, Staying in shape and taking really good care of yourself. So I guess the pregnancy and labor tips is take care of yourself and do all of the things that you feel like you can do. Everyone's going to feel differently about like everything. You know, what shots you might get or not get. You know, would you do a plank or not do a plank? Would you ever do it? Like, if you had a handstand practice, would you keep handstanding? Uh, Do you want to keep running? I mean, everybody's going to feel differently, and so I can't tell you what. Do personally, but I think you have to do what you personally feel good about. But I would say, no matter what, keep moving, keep grooving. Um, Strong mamas are going to be better. Is you know have an easier birth and or you know after birth experience. I think probably everyone. There's very few people I would imagine that have. I think there's three stages kind of pregnancy they talk about is like you're you're pregnant, you're giving birth, labor and delivery, and then the after, afterwards. And I've read somewhere, like, it's very rare to have all three be super easy, but um, maybe one of them is a little challenging and the other two can be better. So I think that uh, whatever it is, just be gentle on yourself and keep moving and do what's best for you. And of course, the baby, because you're together in this. All right. Thank you for asking your questions. I love answering them and be sure you can to write me when I ask on Instagram, um, like what you want to hear about, but you can also write me at any time at Lara, L-A-R-A at movementbylara.com. And as always, I'm pulling for you hugs from me to you.